Welcome to Rhonda NP's Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda Jollip, nurse practitioner, hormone expert, and menopause mentor. Balance your menopause experience with natural solutions and regain control to live the life you love. Let's get started. Well, hi there. This is Chris Doctor. I'm your co-host for the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda MP. Rhonda will be here in just a minute and we'll get started. Hey, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we are so happy you found us. And if you've listened to multiple podcasts, we hope you're finding real value in our topics. We try our very best to produce this podcast every week. And if we mention any resources, you can always locate those at our website, rhondanp.com. Today's episode is number 015, and it's all about self-care. So I only heard about this concept just a few years ago, and I found it pretty interesting. I always thought I took pretty good care of myself, but this concept is a bigger idea involving the components of physical, mental, and emotional care. Self-care is exactly what you need during perimenopause and menopause, and Rhonda and I will dive into all these concepts a little deeper in the episode. We've also created a handy infographic that you can check out. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes, and you can find those at rondanp.com. You might want to take a little peek at that or even pin it to your bulletin board to remember to put yourself first. So with that, let's get started. Well, hi, we are talking today about self-care, and self-care is any activity that you do voluntarily, which helps you maintain your physical, mental, or emotional health. It's about identifying your own needs and taking steps to meet them. It's also about making you a priority. So Rhonda, can you talk about self-care and how it relates to your patients? Yeah, self-care is so important and really the benefits are limitless. You have a sense of renewed energy, positive emotions, you get a higher self-esteem, more balance, mind, body, and soul in alignment, and able to deal with the life in most focused way. So figure out why you are and what you want in life. These things are all come into play when you really do self-care. And you'll see a change in not just your physical health, but also your emotional and spiritual health as well. Let's really talk about what is self-care because I think I take care of myself pretty good, right? I mean, I take a shower and I eat right and everything else, but it's it's more than that. It's really a kind of a higher level of thinking about defining what you need to feel good right it is it is and i do all those things too i wear makeup every day i shower i curl my hair i do all that stuff i try and exercise and eat right but it does kind of go beyond that it's really making yourself that priority and i have to look back into my younger years as a young mom and i really did not make myself a priority i was a mother first and starting a practice and i had these young children and i really was not a priority at all at that time in my life i can tell you that for sure and it was really clear the last thing was to really make myself a priority i was always in the back of my mind but i never it never came to that at midnight because everything else came first oh yeah (laughs) for sure I think that's really really common in mothers raising children and then you get older and you're like oh my gosh I need to catch up I need this self-care thing and I have to catch up now because I haven't done it for the last 20 years so let's talk a little bit about this concept so why do we as women not make ourselves a priority why do you think that is well 
It is really interesting. It is really about some habits that are hard to break and the fact that we're women and we tend to care about others first. And a lot of things is it's a self-sacrifice and some people actually feel guilty for putting themselves a priority when in fact you should make yourself a priority and you'd be better to all those around you. First of all, I think it's societal. I do. And my mom did it, her mom did it, and it was almost seen as being selfish if or they looked askew at the woman who was getting her nails done or doing things that weren't exactly focused on her family and that always had a negative connotation so we as 50 year olds really learned from our moms i love you mom if you're listening yeah. and, <laughs> and i forgive you <laughs> but it's really society and we're a product of our parents who were brought up they were born in the 30s and 40s and and they were brought up especially you live in certain parts of our country in the midwest especially it was like oh don't you dare yeah you right, know, right right yeah it's really a learned behavior a learned behavior plus you have the genetics of a woman which is a nurturer and caregiver and that tends to be to others so we have to take that nurturing piece and nurture ourselves we have to kind of turn that around look in the mirror and nurture us so that's a great idea because really one of the the tenets of self-care is be a mom to yourself right yeah yeah yeah. for sure be a nurturer to yourself so if you think about that then how can you be your own best mother really how can you treat yourself as you would treat your child when you look at some of the ideas it's about experiencing pleasure every day and taking time for enjoyment even the smallest of things so yesterday we where we are here we had some snow just some light snow and it was so pretty and the sun was out and I had gotten home from running an errand and we have two large yellow labs and I let them out and my big one his name is Moose and he was just so happy and he was rolling in the snow and it was sunny out and I was standing there and I'm like, you know what? These are the types of I'm happy to be alive moments. We really have to. I think that's self-care, don't you? I love that. Yeah. I love that. Anything outside where you can really enjoy the world around us and what's going on and taking in those big deep breaths at the time mm-hmm. and really stopping, living in the moment and, and seeing the joy in that dog. I mean, that is That is really a great example of self-care. So when we think about self-care, I think there are two big fields here. There's the physical part, and then there's the mental, emotional part. So let's dive into some of the physical self-care that we can do as women that we should take time for. So let's talk first. You always talk about deep breathing and getting into that parasympathetic what do you call it, mode? (laughs) Parasympathetic nervous system. Nervous system. I never know what it is. So talk a little bit about that. So deep breathing does that. It gets you into your parasympathetic nervous system, and that's the system that is our calming system. So our sympathetic nervous system is our more alert and energetic system, and the parasympathetic is the calming. So we want to get in there because most of us on any given day are not there. We're running We're running, 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 and we're in our sympathetic. So deep breathing is a great way to do it. It's cheap. You don't need any tools. You just use the air that you breathe. And it's really funny. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to how you breathe, but if you pay attention, most of us breathe very shallow, like we're hardly taking breaths because we're just busy. So taking in some big, deep breaths, and there's different numbers that you can do. Uh, I like the 777 where you 
Breathe in for seven, you hold it for seven seconds, and you breathe out for seven seconds. So there's different forms of that, but that's just a good way to do it. And I usually like to tell my patients to start out and do that every hour. And then after that, beyond that, even whenever you're thinking about it, so even more frequently than every hour, but really taking in those big deep breaths. And you will notice yourself have a sense of calm right after you do that. I do. I love that one. I do that a lot lately since you taught me that. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> and so another physical self-care is really about be your own best mom. Put yourself to bed on time. And really the best time to sleep is that 11 to 7 based on cortisol and melatonin. So you want to talk about that? Right? Yeah, it is the truth. And so... A lot of us are either late nighters or early mornings. So you have the person that stays up till 12, 1, and then you have the woman that gets up at 4 or 5. And actually, either one on either end is not the best for our overall health and our overall hormonal balance. So the best time to sleep is really from 11 to 7, where you will balance out your cortisol and melatonin levels best at that time. And it has to do with the circadian rhythm of our bodies and our earth. So sleeping from 11 to 7 is a great habit to get into. And that's very hard for some people. And Chris and I are both on the opposite ends. I'm the late nighter and she's the early morninger. So we both can relate to this one. It's like neither one of us are perfect at this. We're both working on this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So another self-care, obviously, is the right type of exercise. And as perimenopausal and menopausal women, we really have to rethink how we exercise. It's exactly right. And the biggest thing that really affects us in perimenopause and menopause is really the stress response. And so exercise can be a big piece of that stress response. But you want to do exercise so it actually helps your parasympathetic nervous system. So the yoga, the Pilates, the deep breathing, stretching, deep breathing, that will actually, along with bringing that air to your tissues when you're doing the exercise, is such a better exercise than running a high adrenaline and wearing your body out that way. So during menopause, perimenopause, exercising, more calming exercises, really you're going to get the more bang for your buck on those. And the other big one for physical is your nutrition, you know, fueling your body. You know, you think of self-care like, oh, I'm going to treat myself and have this massive hot fudge Sunday. No, that's not what we mean. We mean (laughs) nutrition about really fueling and feeding your body the right types of food. Really, and that does take some cognitive thinking when you're planning your meals. And so really having, buying the right groceries, having the right foods in the house and choosing the important nutrients for your body every single day makes a huge difference on your overall physical body and your mental health as well. So the other one is about mental is meditation. And that again, gets you into that parasympathetic nervous system right right (laughs) but you know i i try i'll I'll admit here to to you our listener i try to do meditation and i just can't i've tried some apps and some other things and and i've i'm kind of doing other things besides meditation but i try to slow myself down which is my own type of meditation but talk a little bit about meditation yeah meditation is a little hard for some people and i'm i'm personally jealous of people that can meditate really easy because it doesn't come that easy for me either so sometimes for me it's just sitting Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just sitting and quieting my time and letting my brain not think about anything and just become mindless for a while mindless meditation is probably the most important thing for those of us that have a 
mind that's constantly going and that is a lot of women so because we have so many things going on so pick what works for you and just do it and hopefully that can grow it's a constant uh, learning process so if you just even do it for five minutes and increasing by five minutes every week until you get to 30 minutes daily would be a great way to start a meditation program for yourself good good another great physical self-care is laughing (laughs) and children laugh over 300 times a day and the typical adult about 15 and talk about what laughter does for your body isn't that just sad when yeah. you think about that? And, and you know, it's so true. Think about how you, you look at kids and if you watch kids on a playground, how they are just laughing and laughing. And you don't see that in offices where adults will just sit and giggle and laugh. And, and it really is that whole belly laugh, getting, you know, really laughing, not just smiling. You're laughing. You're laughing from your belly. And uh, it just, again... It, it sets off some hormones that are nice and relaxing and healthy. And so that is a way of controlling stress as well. So that really important to laugh every day. Good. Hopefully you can be around people that make you do that. Absolutely. <laughs> so the second part of this self-care idea is the mental emotional part. And this is probably the hardest for women again is because a lot of this that we're going to go through you have to give yourself permission to do this which is kind of silly but it is it is what it is right we feel bad when we kind of focus on ourselves, and we're here to tell you stop doing that (laughs) let's just stop doing that (laughs) so i think the biggest thing for self-care mental emotional is to prioritize and as women we tend to get in a little bit over our heads because we want to do, do, do for everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I I think that one of the number one things is to be able to prioritize. And the second thing on the list is really establishing boundaries, which will help you prioritize. And that's learning to say no. That's exactly right. And too many women don't have boundaries that way where they think they can do everything. And if they don't, they actually feel guilty. So it's even about saying no, learning to say no. There's a next step is learning to say no and then not feeling guilty about it. Uh, Chris just poked me on the shoulder. I'm not sure (laughs) if that was me she's talking about. Well, I am sure (laughs) because I struggle with little boundaries. I'm yeah. Uh And the other thing too is one of the best things I ever learned was it's no, but it's not now. Not now. And and so yeah. if somebody really needs you or wants you or whatever, they'll come back. Right. You know, and so that I'm interested, but not now. Or I that sounds great, but not now. And that's a little trick you can you can use. Right. And it's not personal. No. It's not personal. And I think we think that people are going to take it personal. Like, oh, my God, they don't like me now because they said no. It's not a personal thing. It just can't. It's not the right time. And so you just need to be honest about that. Another great self-care idea is about gratitude. And that might seem weird to put it in self-care, like why would gratitude be there? But really, it shifts your mind. And then you really start to really, instead of what I don't have, it's what I do have. And it's every little thing under the earth that you can think about in your life and feel happy that you have it. And, and then you really start to focus on the abundance and not the scarcity. And that really, again, feeds your emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gratitude is a really interesting concept because most people think that if you have a lot of stuff, you can be grateful for that stuff. And it's amazing how people can have tons of stuff and live in big homes and have all of this stuff, yet not being grateful for all of that. And then the other person that has very little 
yet grateful for every little thing that comes their way. So being grateful just for the fact that you're breathing. I mean, that is, you should be grateful for that and for your families and for the home you live in, whatever that is, being grateful for what you have and where you're at in your life. And really one of the things that I do have people do that are really struggling with depression is doing a gratitude journal and where they will actually write down three to five things every day that they're grateful for and it can be real simple things. It is amazing how much this does actually help a person's depression. So thinking about gratitude in terms of perimenopause and menopause, we oftentimes the society and and media is about what you're losing you know, yes. instead of yes. what you're gaining. What you're gaining. And so one one of the things Rhonda and I want to do with our work here and with our our business, our organization, is to infuse the fact that menopause gives you much more than is taken away from you. So again, I'm going to say that again. Menopause gives you more than you lose. So. Yes, and, and it is true. And to find that silver lining of that, believe me, you will live such a more happy and fruitful life and abundance will come your way and the best thing you lose is your periods let's just move on to the next thing okay (laughs) bye bye yeah so the other thing about self-care mental and emotional i love this idea except support Mm -hmm. you know as women too it's so easy for us to give i'll help you drive those kids i'll help you make that dinner i'll whatever it is i'll volunteer to run that auction oh my god or what something big but you never feel comfortable accepting support. Yeah. So if you start to do that, it's actually good for you because it. what does it do for your brain? Accepting support, it actually produces oxytocin, which is a, that helps with your cortisol levels as well. So it calms your body. There is some chemistry and some chemical things that go on when you actually connect with friends and you, you, you will take the support of a friend and take some advice and it just makes you feel good just talking to somebody and letting them help you because you're the one that's so used to helping everyone else. Mm-hmm. The other idea in self-care, mental, emotional, is to feel your emotions fully. And I know as women, we tend to, some of us are very dramatic and like to cry and act out or whatever, but sometimes it's okay to be fully happy or fully sad and just to be in those emotions. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always say, you know, just have your little pity party because sometimes that feels good too. I had a pity party a couple weeks ago and it was just awful and I hadn't had one for a while and I actually felt really good after it. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm better now. And my it's husband was funny. like, okay, you're back. <laughs> he goes, he goes, you're tougher than this. What are you doing? <laughs> sometimes like, it yeah. just gangs up on you, it you know? Does. No. And I think the other big message that we have is, you know, really don't ask permission to to practice or think about self-care. You deserve it. It's part of, you know, your who you are now and what you will bring into the next time of your life is you absolutely deserve all of the things we talked about today and more. And these are just some ideas. It's it's not the end of the be all end all, of course. Yeah, it's really endless. There are so many things um, that you can do, journaling, meditating, you know, just spending time with yourself alone, mindlessly, being nice to yourself, giving yourself a gift if that's what you want to do, if that's going to make you feel better, you know, liking yourself. Too many people don't, they they don't want to be alone because they probably don't like themselves. And so figure out what it is about yourself that you like, just like a great friend. That's great. That's good advice. I like that. So as we're talking about all this, all of these components 
are pieces of our big course that Rhonda and I have been working on for probably more than six months. And the way we're going to do this is with a webinar, a free training that we're going to talk about the three secrets of menopause. So there'll be more information forthcoming and, and we'll make sure to put that on our website, Rhonda NP as in nurse practitioner. Com. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is we put together a little infographic that you can look at of all the ideas that we talked about today. And I'll also put that on the site so you can take a peek at that. Any last thoughts about self-care as in menopause? No, I just, I say this over and over, but I do tell people if you are going into menopause and you're not healthy and you're not taking care of yourself, you might be forced to because you will realize how much better you feel and self-care is a big piece of that when you take this self-care and you actually be true to yourself and take care of yourself and nurture yourself you are going to be so much better in menopause it's amazing i love that and with that we will end thanks for joining us thanks for joining thanks for joining the menopause guide podcast with Rhonda np you'll find the show notes and other valuable information at our website rondanp.com Don't worry about this menopause thing. You've got this.